This is the story of an omega recognized by all as utterly peerless and at the top of the food chain. And me, a garden variety alpha. A story of our totally unromantic romance. Yo, we manifested and it finally happened. Yay! Are we excited? Unromantic romance by Jeong Seok Chan. And again, I do apologize in advance for butchering the pronunciations as per usual. But anyway, Unromantic Romance was finally translated in English. And I mean, if like me, you were waiting for an Omegaverse story where finally, finally and for once the Omegas have the upper hand, then look no further. This one's the right episode for you. Now, before we get into it any deeper and all that jazz, a few rules and regulations for everyone's peace of mind as per usual. First and foremost, our beloved disclaimer, this content is intended for mature audiences only. It can contain strong language, sexual references and mentions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Secondly, if you like today's episode, as you should, please make sure to show your love and support in any way you possibly can, be it by downloading, sharing, subscribing, you know the drill by now, do whatever the fuck you fancy, as long as it's consensual and you spread the love far and wide. So, without further ado, welcome, welcome, welcome to today's episode. I am your host, Ellie. You know me very well by now, presenting to you DMB Season 3, Episode 17, Unromantic Romance and Justice for All. Before we proceed any further with the plot, in case you're new here, let me explain to you what the concept behind the Omegaverse verse is, and you'll see why I'm so excited by this title we're talking about today, in particular. Now, as I've explained one too many times already, Omegaverse depicts stories portraying a modern yet archaic kind of society where people are classified into male and females, and said, ma said male and females are consequently classified, classified again into three subgenres, aka Alpha, Beta and Omega, if that is the right term, but you get the gist of what I wanted to say. As their name would suggest already, alphas are at the top of the food chain. Natural born leaders, they always de like they always detain a position of power and they are naturally uh, born leaders and virtually invulnerable apparently, even though it really sounds strange to me, but again, it is what it is. Oh yeah, and before I forget, spoiler alert, they can get you pregnant and given the situation, they most certainly will in any way they possibly can. If I had to describe them with a song, what better way than... <clears throat> I'm not gonna sing, cause you know me, I'm gonna butcher everything and anything in my way if I try to sing, but anyway. I know I'm selfish, unkind, sucker love I always find, someone to bruise and leave behind, all alone in space and time, there's nothing here but worth what here's mine. But leaving placebo aside, Moving on, we have the betas, aka the luckiest kids of the bunch. Like representing the majority of the population, betas are usually immune to the pheromone circus. And like, you should know it, but if you don't know, basically, omegas and alphas emit particular kinds of pheromones that will attract them to each other. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a shit show, but anyway, 
what you need to know at present moment that betas are immune to these kind of pheromones, thank God. And yeah, they usually marry in between themselves for a life free of any fated made drama, etc, etc. General trivia here, fated mates only happen between alphas and omegas and once you feel the pull, you either give into it or prepare for a life of suffering. I told you before, the pheromone circus, this is what it's all about basically. You, but The pheromones will make it possible for you to recognize your one and only which betas are not allowed to have apparently but still um if you want to put it if you're like familiar with the werewolf verse if that's the right word like that's basically what would happen when a, a werewolf finds their fated mate chosen them chosen for them by their moon goddess like yeah so basically to put it simple it's well after all omega verse is based on the werewolf verse so yeah, that's basically what happens, alright? But going back to the betas, they are not affected at all by that lingering sexual tensions alphas and omega seems to be affected by, um, leading them to live basically stress-free, stress-free, carefree lives. And apparently kind of boring ones as well, hence why they are rarely depicted in comics. That's exactly why you never see Omegas or Omegas are basically, yeah, your best friend who never wanted to fuck because, like, who would want to fuck a beta? Me personally? I'd love that. Stress-free? I'm sold. Like, hit me up anytime. I want that. And now, at the bottom of the step ladder, let's give a warm welcome to that poor chunk of population known as the Omegas. Now, often depicted as weak, brittle, fragile, and with a tendency to have poor health, apparently, they are solely regarded as baby machine makers, and most of the times, um, unfortunately, that happens without their consent. Yeah. Just how we like it, right? So, unless you have somebody who will love you and will provide for your well-being, well, being an Omega pretty much sucks. With that being said, why did I just spend God knows how many minutes of my time to explain this to you as I've already done in the past over and over and over and over again. Apparently I spent 6 minutes 43 to explain all of that because finally, my lieblings, things are different and for the better. There I say, the author this time around is probably a woman because I can't imagine, I cannot possibly imagine a man coming up with a story like this one. And I'm sorry boys, but it is what it is. We're finally able to witness Omegas not only being able to carry their pregnancies through and through the end, like the champs that they are, but we also see them as being strong, respected, feared, worshipped, and I mean, I mean, I would have been happy to see them treated with the respect every human being deserves, but this, this, is that, and much more. And I love the taste of it. I'm not, you know me, I'm not, I never lie. I love the taste of this. And I mean, in fact, you know what? It would be an excellent idea to make some comparisons with other famous Omegaverse works we probably all know and talked about already. But before that, it's only fair and square to get into the plot a little bit. I mean, after all, you're all here for the juice, as if I don't know it. And... That is why I love you all. I do. I truly do. I know you by now. 
and that's why we like each other and you're still here listening to me ranting completely complete and utter nonsense to all of you now at present moment we only have access to 11 chapters but trust me when i say this is gonna be a light-hearted joy from start to finish uh, it's only fair after all that violence from last episode it was only fair to talk about something that would soothe our wounded spirits and like lift our moods a bit more oh yeah before we proceed last fun fact well it's not really a fact like last trivia of the day hopefully and then we were starting for real with blood the drawings are all well as far as i've seen so far they're all in black and white and now considering how everything is in full color nowadays and how people tend to appreciate that kind of works a bit more it's a bit of a bold choice but to me it kind of makes no difference if the artwork is to my taste and the story is worth reading and this time around it is worth reading colors don't really make that much of a difference and at the end of the day if i want colors that desperately i just go to a museum and look at a painting so yeah it is a bold choice but in the end it doesn't really change the course of the story so i'm all for it and as i always say the art is the artist's domain and they should do as they please and at the best of their capabilities now on to the story we go the year unspecified the place south korea in a world where omegas rule supreme life is certainly not easy for an alpha however Yano always tried to make the best and most out of it. A photography student, he works part-time as a reporter, he hopes to graduate soon, get a full-time job in the same field and find a gentle Omega would marry him and take care of him. All his dreams shatter to pieces, or so it seems, bear in mind, when his journey intertwines with the one of Chuga In, an Omega who has it all, rich, famous, from a good family and heir to one of the biggest conglomerates in the country. You name it, he has it. He has all of it. The plate is full. So, how did they actually meet, considering how different, different, how different their backgrounds are? Just give me a second and I will tell you. Well, it all started when Neono Sunpei gave him an access card to an exclusive club in hopes for him to, well, relax a little bit and maybe get some juicy gossip about the world of the rich and the famous and then maybe again write a raunchy article about it. But alas, what seemed easy peasy lemon squeezy turns difficult difficult lemon lemon when the only person sitting at the club other than Yeon Ho is the CEO of the Sangwa group Chu Ga In. Right. A dominant Omega, he certainly seems to work his charms wonderfully on, wonderfully on Yeon Ho until he confuses him for an escort. And you see, Yeon Ho might be a puppy-eyed alpha of Sholi, but he also is a very proud one and is not one to appreciate vulgar stereotypes in terms of Alpha's natures and behavior. You know what? We should hear it directly from him and you'll see in a, to in a minute why. From episode 2. <clears throat> this is why I can't stand rich people. We've known each other for five minutes and he's calling me a what? What have I done to deserve being called that? This is so 
You think you can get away with anything just because you're pretty. I am not a prostitute. Did no one teach you to think before you speak? That's really, really arrogant of you, you know? Or do you think ordinary people like me don't even deserve to get treated with respect? Not to mention, not to mention you smoking around a lone smoker. Don't you know that it's been ages since smoking indoors was banned? Please don't laugh at me. It really sounds lo like one of them annoying kids in high school, right? When you was smoking outside and they would be like, and you know, smoke is really bad for your health. And I mean, they were right, but still annoying as fuck. Now, after all this, you'd think Yona would get up and walk away. If only. Did I mention already the fact that Shugain is a dominant Omega? And what's a dominant's best quality? <clears throat> well, of course, to charm the poor victim for lack of better terms in any possible way i mean not the guy needs needs much bear in mind he only needs to say these precise words for yeonho's resolve to completely crumble and this one i'm gonna say is still from episode two but this time around of course Gain is the one doing the speaking <clears throat> stay the night i don't know an ordinary call I don't know how an ordinary college kid ended up here, but if you've got Kangwood's seal of approval, I won't question it. It's your call. My shoelaces need to be tied, though. Once you're done, let's head upstairs. Boom! Boom! And what follows, my dear friends, you can easily imagine it. After an enticing pheromone shower and a lost bet, we witness our two dominants. Oh yeah, if I didn't mention... Shugain is a dominant Omega, but Yeono as well, he is a dominant, only an Alpha, of course. Anyway, we witness our two dominants going at it like there's no tomorrow for a grand total of three chapters. Not, not one, not two, three chapters. Just how we like it. But what seemed like a common one I'd stand for Chugain, it certainly is something completely different for Yeonho. But let's hear it from our favorite half a pup from episode four. <clears throat> Just give me one second. Well, I guess it might not be so bad, even if we have to move to out to the suburbs. It'd be nice to have a yard. Since we wouldn't struggle for money, once our first kid is a few years old, we could go for a second and then a third one. It'd be nice to have a big family and mm, it'd be nice if this man were mine. Talking about love at first sight at its best. But again, not so much from Gain's part who decides it is a wonderful, wonderful, splendid idea to give Yeonos money for his performance. What will follow is a series of disastrous misunderstandings, one right after the other until... <coughs> until <coughs> the infamous the infamous sex sesh at the gym that will seal their fate takes place needless to say that episode is absolutely glorious but how do we get from that to this mm -hmm. uh, I mean it's kind of 
kind of impossible to resist Yeon Ho when he plays the puppy eye trump card. But I'd say let's hear it from the boys themselves one more time, because what better way to explain it than like actually spying on them? From episode 8, and this is Yono doing the talking. Why are you only called to me? Is sex a joke to you? Even if it is, not everyone is like you. I don't sleep with just anyone. I only do it with someone I like. I, I'm not someone who can just say let's never see each other again after, you know, what we did. To which Gain will reply. This is why alphas exhaust me. I show them a bit of kindness and they get excited and disappointed all by themselves. Honestly, I thought it last time too. But your crying face kind of turned me on. You want me to pamper you? Then say ah right now. That's right. Be a good boy and you'll be rewarded. I mean, you're freaking cute. Isn't that the proper way to start one of the best love stories ever witnessed to men yes it is yes it is and that's pretty much where we are left off to be honest or better where we're up to like what we're up to the point where they decide to exchange numbers and then guy promises you know they'll he'll go to three days with him and then they'll take it from there and see how it goes but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Trust me though when I say you're not ready for what's to come. And I mean in a good, very good way. As I said before, it's only fair and square to some in, like to soak in some fluff after all the violence shit show that we had to endure last episode. It's only fair and square. We need to soothe our spirits and we most certainly are doing it. Now, before we wrap things up, why was I so keen from the beginning on talking about this Omegaverse story in particular? As you may well know by now, it is not the first story where we witness the presence of a strong, outstanding, dominant Omega. And I mean, the best like examples that I can give to you at present moment, I would say um, they would be Love Shuttle and Love is an Illusion. As you might know, in Love is an Illusion, we have, what was his name? Chowon. And I mean... Not only he had a face and a body chiseled by the gods, but like he was an independent person. He was a professional violinist. Um, he knows how to thrive in the world. He doesn't need to give you no explanation. I mean, he was a badass Omega. And I mean, it wasn't exactly my favorite character in the beginning. And if you read Love is an Illusion, you know perfectly well what I mean. But in the end, he knew how to redeem himself. And most certainly there's... There's room for improvement and I really hope they're going to do a spin-off about him and his boyfriend because they're absolutely cute together. But again, strong dominant Omega, number one, Cho One. Number two, Love Shuttle, we have Doyun. And if you read the story, if you read the comic, you will remember, he had probably two or three older siblings and he was the only Omega in between all of them. However, despite his secondary nature, um, everybody always assumed he was an alpha because of his humongous height and if you remember you remember he was the guy was massive his chiseled looks and his unnatural strength the boy was like the, he he knew how to work that body right so you might you might ask me at this point if they were like that what's the substantial difference then 
Well, unlike what happens here in a romantic romance, both Doyun and Chowan at one point will succumb to their secondary nature, becoming content to be bound to their role like of spouse, stay-at-home wife and like angel of the house as they would say in my native language. So basically that that is the difference. Like they they will accept their fate for lack of better terms, so to speak. With Gain here, it will never happen. Sure, he is an Omega. Yes, we've said that plenty. He can get pregnant and, spoiler alert, he will. <clears throat> but these will never be the characteristics that will define him. On the contrary, he will always find a way to balance his role both in and outside the house. And that to me, that's the main message that's coming from this story, to be fair. That our nature should never define us like our background, our nature, it, it, it should never put us in a box. But we should let our actions speak for themselves louder, louder and clearer than any boxes society tries to impose on us. And also, I guess another lesson would be to never be afraid of change. Yes, we've never seen a like a setting like this in the Omegaverse before. However, that doesn't mean we should not explore all the possibilities this genre offers to us. At the end of the day, remember, only the sky is the limit. And like, it applies to this genre, it applies to every genre. We should never be afraid to explore something, as long as it makes us feel good. You know me. What do I always say to you? If it's consensual and it makes you happy, go for it. And don't be afraid to explore okay that's auntie speaking take my word for it <laughs> as we're reaching the end of today's episode because i know you are just i just know you you're all thirsty motherfuckers and that's why i love you i'm gonna leave you a quote from episode nine yes the gym sex session if you were wondering <sighs> his tongue feels so good He's so handsome and cool. I feel like I'm, I'll come just from kissing him, Mr. Chu. His long moans are so sexy. I love it. His ears are gorgeous and his neck and his lips, every part of him is... Ow! Wow. That good, huh? Enough to give you a nosebleed. I do thank you for being here with me today and for always showing me love and support. I know you and I appreciate you. Always remember that. Today was a quick one, but I do really hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. I'll see you all next time. And in the meantime, please make sure to engage in plenty of kinky, but always consensual activities. And don't forget to look, look after yourselves and look after each other. It's very important. Until then, upwards and onwards. <laughs>